Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 75, October 1st, 2023. So glad you can make it. So we're in for a, maybe a bit of a brief episode this week. Uh, already kind of planning out next week's episode. Um, is it Brittany? Is it Christina? That tells us what a girl wants. I can't remember. But it's going to be DT Madness that tells you what a boy wants next week. So let the anticipation build. Not... Uh, Probably not in the same vein as the uh, Christina, Brittany, Superstar. I don't think I'll be dancing with knives either. Um, just thinking about what's next, you know, talked about fourth life last week. And what does that mean? What are my fourth life resolutions? Uh, where am I? What am I after? Where do I want to? Settle down, you know. I don't know. Uh, those are the things that are circulating and percolating. Um, for this week, I I gave my AP seminar kids a list of topics for them to write free write topics, just to work on getting you, you know their ideas flowing, and so that I can get a sense of their writing for a couple of reasons. One, so that I can get a sense of their writing to see if it's good, you know, and what needs to be corrected in terms of style, but also to get us into their writing so that if they try to drop the chat GPT on me, I'll, I'll be able to tell the difference. So, um, kind of sneaky that way. I gave them 12 topics and they have to write, uh, 12 each, each day for 12 school days. Uh, I think they're through four or five. Um, so we're also working on deadlines, which has been a difficult thing for, for many of them. But I just want to read through these 12 questions and throw some throw some thoughts out of my own. Um, we'll see where they go. This is a true free write. I did not write this out beforehand. So this is the Sunday edition, after all, of the DT Madness podcast, which usually comes out on Saturdays. Um, the first one says, write about a time when you faced a significant challenge or obstacle in your life. How did you overcome it? And what did you learn from the experience? I'm not going to spend my own time much here because this whole entire podcast is about that, um, about the significant challenges that I face and obstacles and uh, how I am working to overcome some of them. Definitely about what I have learned from the experience. I will say that this has been a, a really enlightening, um, inspirational, you know, like to, to read what some of my students are writing, what some 16, 17 year olds, you know, have already been through what they're going through now, the perspective that they share. Um, I talked last week about how seminar, the root of it means planting seeds, which I'll say that some of our little seed seedlings in our cups are growing. Maybe I should, I might need to go by and water them today, but but these are the kinds of seeds that I was interested in planting, you know, kindling fires in 
in their minds and their souls. Um, that's what I like at teaching. Um, the content is the content and, and they'll get it or they won't, but they'll be able to look it up anyway, you know? So it's, it's just a matter of, of their perspective. And it's just been really like heartbreaking, heart wrenching and, and gut punching to, to see what some of these kids have, have and are going through, but connecting, you know, it creates this kinship when we, when we share with our, when we're vulnerable in that way. So, um, the second one, imagine a world where money doesn't exist. How would society function and how would people measure success and success and wealth? And that one's been interesting to read. Uh, some of the students have ventured into that one and maybe a couple have said that it just wouldn't be possible, that it wouldn't be a good thing, but almost all of them venture into the territory of things would just be awesome and wonderful and that we would just like like kindness and, and generosity and, and, you know, helping a brother out and all that kind of stuff would be, um, would be the, the currency. And it's, it's very utopian and, and idealistic. And I appreciate that. You know, I think I was, I know I went through my dark phase of writing dark poetry. I still have the copies of that from when I was in 11th grade or somewhere, maybe, um, 11th or 12th, but, but I've always been an idealist and hopeful in that way. So it's cool to read that kind of stuff. Describe your ideal day from start to finish. What activities would you engage in and how would you feel throughout the day? This one's been um, striking to me in terms of what the students have have read, have written uh, is because it's just the regular stuff that they do. They're not taking this on a different, you know, they're not waking up, you know, at, in the Grand Teton National Park. And, and, and I don't know what their experiences are. Maybe their experiences are just limited in a lot of ways to Cleveland County. And so, but, but they are writing about their perfect day as being with the people that they're already with, doing the things that they already do, enjoying the place that they're in now. And I told them, I, I don't know if they realize how amazing that is, that they're, comfortable in calling their perfect ideal day. Mine would certainly, you know, start off in the morning, probably sitting out with a nice October breeze. Haven't quite gotten there yet, but maybe in the evening it's, it's starting to get there, but, but a nice morning chill breeze drinking my ginger and, and green tea and maybe with a little shot of MCT oil, but sitting out by the foundation tower of stone and, and hearing the, the wind chimes sing together and feeling the breeze and listening to the birds. That would be a good way to start. And then, and then drive up to get a massage from, from Aaron and Spindell because like when you get that first thing, like then you got those massage oils on you all day. And not only does your skin feel awesome, but you also smell awesome or at least in terms of the way I view it. Um, that's how my ideal day would start for sure. It'd be, you know, I'd spend some time at a river or an ocean, um, probably capped off in the end by uh, perhaps like a fish concert um, and then a nice, comfortable bed. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I have to give some more thought to my to mapping it all the way out. 
This one's always been tough for me. If you could have a conversation with any historical figure, who would it be and why? What questions would you ask them? I've had a little bit of angst over this one because some of my students say they want to meet Helen Keller just to see if what she did was really real or even if she was real. Um, I guess that's a TikTok thing. Um, the more I read about it, I realized that there have been people all along who have questioned the validity of, of Helen Keller and her ability to read and write and, and, and even speak in some ways. Um, I got pretty upset about it uh, to out loud to some of the students um, because we're just so, so conspiracy minded. I don't know. So meme oriented, so unwilling to dig in and find out. And so that's what I've been doing, trying to dig in and find out. And, uh, I, but, but in terms of me, historical figures, I, I don't know, you know, like I, I would say like maybe Jerry Garcia or something like that, but you know, I met Andrew and Emily from Mandolin Orange, now Watch House one time. And I asked them about some of their songs and what they meant. And you just can't explain art in that way. And so I could hang out with Jerry and that would be cool, but I don't know if you could really tell me what China Cat Sunflower means. You know, I don't know if you can really understand what those words are. Um, I don't really, you know, I don't want to sit with George Washington or anybody like that. I mean, sitting with Jesus would be cool or, you know, perhaps the, the Buddha or, I don't know. That's always been a really tricky question to me. Um, so I wouldn't maybe get to be great on that one. Write a letter to your future self. What advice would you give to the person you aspire to become and what goals would you hope to have achieved? Um, so many of them are writing about developing a sense of peace. And I guess, you know, what a boy wants next week really is, is the answer to this question. So I'll skip past it. I hate to spoil the theme. I know maybe you are edgy with anticipation about where that one might go. Maybe I'll, I'll throw a curveball. We might have to have a halftime new section, you know, noise in the nook. Where you at, Matthew? Um, yeah, I don't, that, that'll, that'll be for next week. Explore the concept of happiness. What does it mean to be truly happy and how do you personally pursue happiness in your life? Um, that one's been really cool to read uh, from them. Um, I started thinking about this one for myself. And I saw yesterday there was some organic hamburger meat in the fridge. And that's striking because we don't, very few people in this house eat, uh, Sydney and I don't eat meat, ground red meat at all. I don't eat red meat. I eat chicken and fish. She doesn't eat it, eat any meat. And, um, but, but we don't like the smell of ground beef is not my favorite either. It made me happy that it was organic because we, we're still staying true to that as best we can. And, but it made me happy because, you know, Sarah and Sydney are on their way, uh, probably just about to Boone at this point. Um, I got to go up and see Sam last weekend and they're going up to see him today. And so because Sam knew his mom was coming up, he's like, so maybe you could maybe bring a lasagna. Um, because I think he's, you know, about halfway through the semester, somewhere around in there and starting to get a little tired of the calf food. So, um, that made me happy in all the ways. Um, Arden, Sydney's tennis partner and Sydney, you know, they, they play singles at one and two, the one and two spots. So they're always on courts beside each other and it's great watching them play doubles together, but I love watching them bang rackets 
they, they bang rackets like as a high five, a racket five, after each point in doubles, whatever happened after each point. But sometimes they'll they'll meet each other on the singles courts if, if they're both chasing a ball one way or the other or just happen to be on the same side, and they'll they'll give a racket tap to each other. And often that is when things for one of them is kind of gone awry in the game. Um, and that kind of that bolstering of this spirit, if you will, you know, I love watching that jump. Isaac Smirk, when he's in the hallway with one of his friends, Milo or Zion, or, you know, he's walking down the hallway with the cookie or he's coming out of Mr. Mang's class. So he's got some stories to tell that little Smirk, man. I, I got to feel like I'm looking in the mirror in some ways. Beating Zelda made me really happy on the Super Nintendo. I did. I'm the hero of Hyrule now. Um, I put the Master Sword back to sleep, freed the Maidens and Zelda, and uh, defeated the darkness. You know, the dark world is now uh, no more. And, uh, you know, my my dad played Zelda all all my life. Uh, We had the regular Nintendo, but then the Super Nintendo, Sam, when he was little. And my kids would just grow up watching him play that, Zelda and Metroid, back and forth. Um, And so beating that junk was like, yeah, I don't even know. It was uh, it was a real thing. Um, I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, if I've been wearing socks and shoes all day, taking my socks off, that makes me happy. Um, I like to let these dogs breathe, man. I don't know what's wrong with these people today who, who get weirded out when I've got my bare feet. You know, like what's, what? I don't know. Got married barefooted. Um, Sarah bought me some sequoia seeds. I'm not quite sure where to plant them because... You know, they get pretty big. Um, but she got me some sequoia seeds as a as a nod to, uh, as an encouragement. And it was right on time because I needed it. That makes me happy. You know, what makes me happy is when I'm listening to Trey play Slave to the Traffic Light or, or something like that. And he just gets that, that peak moment. I always get a smile for that. Um, I like it when I get the Wordle in two. I got the Wordle in two today, as a matter of fact. So that sets up really nicely. That makes me really happy. I said it last week, but it's always going to be true. A good solid merge. Man, I like it when the heat is on and the sunroof is open and I've got to wear my toboggan because it's a little bit chilly, but I can still roll with the windows down. You know, come on, October. Turn off turn off like that here in a couple weeks. Um, I mentioned the wind chimes singing together. My students writing real things is another thing. Uh, it makes me happy when the, when the turtles at the river pop their heads up when I'm thinking about something or asking a question and, and then the turtle heads pop up and I don't know that, that gives me, that gives me a, a good vibe, but there are definitely some things that, that make me not happy. Um, I've just realized lately, I haven't realized lately, but it's like people are just so angry, you know, like people are so angry. People get so angry watching high school football. And, and, and we see it in the news, like fights and at, at games that have to postpone games, like that was in a row. And like just, just fans at our games who anytime something bad happens or if we are losing, God forbid we lose. You know, look, I love to win, man. I hate losing. Losing sucks. But these are 17-year-old kids and we've brought this hype machine down on them. Like... And, and they should just be getting the love to play football. And we should just in love watching them play, you know? And so, like, if the other team scores, they probably did some good things. Maybe one of our guys messed up. Maybe the coaches missed something. It's going to happen. But people just get to hollering, man. They just get to just, just hateful, like, tone. And I don't know, man. I'm, 
I got back on Facebook today. I, I planned on it for October 1st and, and I peeked in on Instagram as well. And I was just like, no, nah, I don't think so. I really don't. Um, so I apologize. I'm going to have to maybe get on and drop a note for the Facebook folks and apologize that maybe I just won't be able to update any more about the town council stuff. And I don't know, but uh, whatever. I just want to take my socks off and listen to my wind chimes after a good merge, you know, burn some Mike Chapa and uh, watch my kids play tennis, you know. Write a short story that begins with the sentence, the door creaked open, revealing a world I had never imagined. Yeah, I haven't even gotten to that one. I read one good one that the kid read. That one would take me some time. I'll have to skip past it. Consider the idea of time travel. If you could visit any point in history, where and when would you go? And what would you do there? Um, I think I would go to the future, man. I, I don't know that I want to go to the past. I like air conditioning. You know, I like refrigeration and anesthesia. I like all those things. So I, I think I'm going to go to the future, probably, somewhere. Uh, maybe the future in Finland. That would be fun. That sounds like a good band name. Um, let's see. Where are we here? Reflect on a book, movie, or piece of art that has a profound impact on you. What elements of it resonated with you and why? I've been thinking about this one a little bit too. I'm actually getting ready to buy the new N.T. Wright book. It's been a while. I've read pretty much everything N.T. Wright wrote. Um, the leading New Testament scholar in, in many regards, um, or at least regarded by many as that. He's got a new deep dive into Romans. Uh, Romans 8 has always been one of the verses that, one of the one of the chapters of, of the Christian scripture that illuminate life for me. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to get back to that. The book I read called Surprised by Hope really did change the trajectory of my of my faith thinking, of my faith life. Um, and so I'm interested to go back there. But I, I've thought about this. like I could never pinpoint the music or those types of art. And movies are tricky, like Patch Adams or um, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That was a good one. That kind of opened up my mind, but but you know what? I've really thought about it, and I think that it's that Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. So I, 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 let me back up before I go there. Like Jesus Christ Superstar, um, that's a nice piece of art. Sam and I are going to see it next weekend or two weekends from now. Um, my dad turned me onto that one. He had the the thirty three, you know, the record. Um. So, but but Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance by Robert Persig. My dad had it. He read it and quoted it quite often. And he, he, I read it, I don't know, probably my senior year in high school, maybe my junior year in high school. And I've read it mm -hmm, six, seven, eight times since then. It's my, my copy is all marked up and underlined and pen scribbled and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but it just, it gave me a different perspective. Persig would say that the art, that, that the, the book really isn't about Zen or motorcycle maintenance, but um, it's about quality. It's about different patterns of thought. It's about opening horizons. And, you know, I grew up in Cleveland County, down here in the, in the Bible belt with a lot of angry people <laughs> who, anyway, I don't need to go on that tangent, but I don't know. I think that would be the one. Um, imagine you have the power to change one thing about the world. What would you change and how would it impact society and individuals? I would somehow erase this meme culture that we've got. 
I, I think there there's this it, it's I don't think it's the seed of self-righteousness don't misunderstand me um, but I, I think self-righteousness I'm doing this exercise tomorrow in seminar I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes about different emotions and what emotions are okay to feel maybe which ones we shouldn't and I'm interested to see where self-righteousness falls you know derision these types of emotions that we have where out of all of humanity out of all of time and place of humanity, we get this sense that we're the ones that had it figured out. And if people would just listen to me, and if I say it really loud, and and if you don't, if it doesn't go the way that I perceive it should, then I get really angry. <laughs> and and then I make you into a characterization. I'm, I, I I meme you, you know, I turn you into, it's, it's, it's like pornography, man. It really is. I had a professor say like, it isn't that sex is bad. We're, we're, we're turning people into objects. That's what we're doing with memes. We turn people into objects. We turn whatever it is, even politicians, anybody like they're human beings. And we've, we've forgotten how to be that way with each other. I don't know. Ranting. This is a free ride. So I told you write about a place you've never been to, but I've always wanted to visit. What draws you to this place and what do you imagine it would be like? I, I would like to go to Finland or Iceland, you know, some of those places with the fjords and the the uh, the hot springs and all that kind of stuff. I really do think that would be that would be cool, like to to sit out maybe in one of those. I don't even know if this is a thing, but but in my mind it is to to sit out in one of those hot, you know, springs maybe in Iceland to and see the northern lights flaring up. Uh, that seems to be like it would be really awesome. Explore the concept of courage. What does it mean to be courageous? And can courage be developed and nurtured over time? Um, man, I don't know if I can explain the concept, but I can identify it with the students that I have and with my kids, with this generation. Um, I hope I hope that they can maintain it. I tell them all the time that we need them to lead. They're the ones that are courageous. They're the ones that are open to new ideas. They're the ones that aren't stuck. You know, they're the ones that have had to come through all this crap that we've had over the past four or five years. And like during the age where they're developing, you know, and, and yet they're still resilient. I, I love it. Um, they're amazing, man. They really are. So anyway, those are, those are the free rights. Um, for me, I guess I didn't get all the points there because of, um, I skipped some of them, so don't tell my students that, or they might uh, demand an extra 50 points here and there. But this has been a Church of Six production. I'm going to get back to rearranging some stuff and repotting some flowers and trimming some up. Blowing the driveway, how could I leave that off? Those things that make me happy, so many. Brought to you by the Bucket of Life. Make your ripples. The foundation tower of a stone. Remember who you are, you know? Don't forget where you came from. The wall of belief. The token of hope. The magic rock times two. And the rope. The rope of resiliency. There's a good one. Yeah. I might have used that one before. Nothing divine is desperate. And may all your circumstances serve to awaken compassion. And as you go, teach peace. Don't forget to believe, y'all. 
and be live. Peace, my friends.